So hi everyone, this is Afro Lee's The Podcast. You're here with Julian Steph, creators of the Instagram page at Afro underscore Lee. As always, it's our message to celebrate UK black business and culture. And today we're really excited to introduce our guest, JJ Anisobi, uh, who's popped in for a chat. So welcome, JJ. Hey. How are you? Welcome, JJ. How are you, darling? Thanks for having me, ladies. I'm doing well, thank you. I'm good. Um, <clears throat> surviving lockdown. Uh, and just yes so how's it been for you how has lockdown been because i know you've traveled to london and birmingham how's it been yeah so my mum passed away at the very start of lockdown actually it's before lockdown she passed away so i was i moved back so to birmingham sorry. okay thank you i moved to birmingham where she was living and moved in with my sister for basically seven weeks of lockdown and i was working remotely anyway so that wasn't so bad um and we just returned to london a week ago because we're having our first kid in three oh. weeks so congratulations um, amazing right very much um, what a time yeah. to be um to be having you first as well all new yeah. things but obviously a real new sort of normal for you both as well so strange yeah, absolutely absolutely so for the purpose of the listeners uh, would you mind giving us a little bit of flavor and introducing yourself a little bit sure so my name's jj i currently am head of news and television for ok magazine online um, I also DJ, do some bit of radio. Um, I don't really do presenting. I've done presenting in the past. I've worked in London for the Daily Mail, um, the Daily Mirror, and Evening Standard. And I've worked in Dubai for the Middle East's biggest selling uh, weekly magazine called Aklan Magazine. Aklan Magazine is, it is essentially the Daily Mail showbiz section um, in print. It's all about the world, oh, wow. Kim Kardashian's of the world. Um, so I've lived there for four years, and yeah, that, that, that's amazing. That, I'm, I'm 35, but I look a bit older. No, you, you don't. don't. You've achieved <laughs> so much. You I have achieved so much as well in that short space of time. <laughs> so we thought, we thought, obviously, you know, we, you've given us a, an overview of yourself. We would relive uh, the post that we uh, posted about you initially and um, our listeners uh, a little bit of an insight in terms of um, how we've got to, to, to you being on the podcast today. So Julie, do you want to go through the uh, post? Yeah, so uh, JJ, you are one of our Man Crush Monday posts. So, oh, uh, JJ, oh, hey, oh. <laughs> JJ uh, is short for John James and Isobi is a writer, editor, media advisor and digital news editor at OK Magazine. Um, a fitting role for someone who's been so experienced in the sector and if you, as you've already alluded to, you've you know, been working in journalism across the world for over 15 years. From the fast-paced digital newsroom, keeping on trend and celebrity mishaps uh, to rubbing shoulders with celebrity, this king is representing and shining his talent in a fiercely competitive industry. It's so good to see his hashtag black excellence respected and admired. Not one to settle with having a high-flying day job, uh, at JJ Anisobi is one of one half of Orange Soda, um, which their handle is at Orange Soda Duo, an amazing DJ duo that you and uh, the lovely at that Coco Bell created. By night, they entertain partygoers by playing 90s and noughties tunes, specialising in R&B, hip-hop, house, which is right up both of our street. We could push <laughs> all day about you and your achievements, and so many young people see you leaving and striving, and we just want you to keep on shining. Representation matters, and we are so proud of you. That's what was uh, we posted. Oh, amazing. Uh, saw that post, the first person... I called was Coco and I said to Did her, you? I assumed that she was one behind it 
I was oh. like, what kind of prank are you doing? Like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe it. And then when I finally looked into it properly, I was like, oh, wow. And then obviously I met Steph. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you haven't got rid of me since. Yeah, it's just like the stalker. It was Steph I'm who, such a stalker. Steph wrote the post and she found, um, yeah, she researched and everything. And yeah, she met you. I was like, what? You've got a man. <laughs> She <laughs> was like, you've got to look at her. You're nice and, and normal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was like, it's just a mixture of both our brothers. It's just a dream. It's so lovely. It's so humble. <laughs> Julie was like, at least you're alive. You're alive. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. She told me after the event, I was like, please don't lose your life for the sake of the pain. <laughs> <laughs> Everything preferably, come on. <laughs> but it is, I, I was, again, just to go back to the initial post, I think I'd seen you, um, I'd done um, some work on the um, elements of media, and I was really keen to think who would be a really good representation of, like, young, attractive, driven, accomplished, and everything that was just tick, 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 tick. I thought it would be an amazing person to pose, but why not our man crush Munda? And then you've just kind of, just grown and blossomed in our estimations anyway mm. since then it's just been a dream oh, to want to know you associate ourselves with you but also to to find out more and stuff it's been amazing so no we're just really honored you that you've come on to the show thank you so, yeah, you are welcome so how did you get into the world of media do you want to start maybe from uni or wherever but what, how did Ooh, you get here it's mad um <clears throat> all of my stuff for media didn't really start till university I suppose or just before university in school I was always great at English I wasn't great at everything else math I struggled with actually I got a D at GCSE math and I had to redo GCSE math when I was doing my A levels and then I eventually got a B which was fine but English is well I could put in minimal effort and I'm still getting A stars and stuff nice uh, yeah and then English and drama I put down as my choices for A level but then it got to the end of year 11 and my, both my English drama teacher and my English teacher and my drama teacher were the same person, Mr. Pounder. And he said, you've got this book to read on Greek mythology or something for English for next year. And you've got this book to read for drama. And I was like, you're making me work in my holiday. <laughs> education. And he's like, yep, start the reading now and you'll get ahead. And I was like, nah, I don't think so. So I dropped English and I dropped drama. Um, no, JJ. Yeah, yeah, I wanted an easy life, you know. <laughs> um, I ended up doing sports science, um, biology, and God, they're hard though. Sports science, biology, law, and something else. I'd, I'd, I'd okay. Or the things instead. And I, I just picked the stuff that I was already good at, and I wouldn't have to do loads of work for the summer for. Um, mm -hmm. Then I, I started. I hadn't done any English stuff since then, but I, was, I enjoyed reading newspapers and re I used to love reading books. I don't like fiction. I only read factual stuff. I feel like I'm not mm -hmm. learning waste my time kind of thing. And then I started writing for some local magazines and newspapers, but it was just like you know, really small rubbish articles that no one was ever going to click on. When I got to Kill University, and by the way, when it came, you know, obviously you'd go for open days at universities. Mm. I never mm -hmm. went university to go for a day to see what it was like JJ what is going on why not <laughs> and so which which university was that did you say Keel Keel yep e -E -L -E, university yeah it's in between um, Birmingham and Manchester mm -hmm. 
It's mm-hmm. right. The newest town is Stoke on Trent, which is like massive for BMP. It's a huge area for them. But really? Yeah, yeah. I've never been to Keel. Didn't go to Stoke. So I didn't know anything about the area. Um, I went to Birmingham Open Day, Aston Open Day, uh, York, and Carlisle, but never went to Keel. But something about the campus, looking at the pictures, made me want to go to school university. And it actually ended up being the best choice I made because that's where my I started. I learned to DJ. I first did radio there. Um, nice. Media and writing all blossomed there. And it's where I met my wife. So Amazing. Meant to be, yeah, meant definitely. To be, yeah. Isn't it? Um, really... Sorry, 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 Jake. Well, isn't, isn't Kill a, a big sports university? I remember hearing about. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. Yeah. With, uh, the, the England football team used to train there right. in the area before oh, they had to nice. We've got loads of great football, like literally about 15 football pitches, and we only have four football teams. So, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> so football was big in Keel, though. <laughs> yeah. But I went to Keel to the law and Russian. Um, wow. And yeah, Kanyeshna. And when I started on my first day, I went to... What Kanyeshna. does that mean? Kanyeshna means, of course, yes. Ah, um, amazing. God, I'm learning so much about it. This is awesome. <laughs> when I went to my first day to register, the administrator said, no, what, the only four of us had actually accepted positions for Russian there, and the other three people had gone to other universities. So, Whoa. yeah, cancelled my course on the first day. Oh. I came straight away. So then I was doing law and business. But as I say... My first years at university, I was partying loads. I started DJing. Uh, my first gig was at my mate's house in the kitchen. Um, <laughs> yeah. And again, my love wife... That. I love my, how you class that as your first gig as well. Love yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, in front of a crowd. My wife was at that first gig. And after that, I got residency in the Students' Union. Oh, wow. Every single... Every Friday, I was playing in the Union. She came to every gig. She didn't mm-hmm. single gig for the entire three years that she was there. Oh, that's so cute. I love that. Yeah. She's not dedicated anymore. She can't be. She's pregnant. She can't be. She can't stop working. True, yeah. She's put the graft in already. Yeah. And I was working for the BBC doing writing for the local uh, radio station. And then somehow I ended up getting on BBC Radio 1 Extra doing music reviews. I don't even know how that came about. I ended up doing it. That's amazing. So I'd get the train down from Kiel to London, like maybe once a week or twice a month, whatever. And then I decided, actually, you know what? I want to do more media internships. But everyone I was applying to was saying, you're not studying, you're not even studying media. So right. doing it. So I told my mom and dad I want to swap courses. And their first thought was, well, you're going to have to then what, go back to your first year of university and repeat then at the first two years again. But actually, Kiel was, was good about it. And they said, no, you can start second year again. You definitely have to repeat the year, but you can start media as a second year student. So I did that. That's great. Yeah. And I just got so much more, so many more internships and stuff off the back of saying, I'm studying media and I want to get more experience. Um, there was a thing called BBC Blast uh, that BBC was doing at the time where it was like bringing young people from around the country to, to go and work at BBC. And they, for a summer, they paid for us to live in a hotel for like five weeks. No way. Yeah, and we had like a weekly allowance for food and all this kind of stuff. It was really good. Um, I didn't learn that much about the media industry, but it was just nice making connections and seeing people. Yeah, be good for your CV as well. Yeah, great for the CV. Once I graduated university, I was still DJing. Oh, I've got to mention, I was also signed with Def Jam 
Records, so I was a Def Jam UK DJ. Shut um, up. Yeah, so we do parties, That's we do like amazing. Kanye West album launch, JD's album launch. That's the glamorous side of it. The left wow, one. Wow, that is amazing. I can't believe you almost <laughs> forgot that little glamour. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> the left glamorous part would be standing outside during carnival in the heat, handing out free CDs for Dineo or whatever. And then, yeah, I went, <clears throat> excuse me, I went to Ayanapa for a summer after I finished university just to like wow. stay there for three months DJing. Came back to the UK and suddenly needed a job and mm-hmm. internships were great, but they weren't paying any any kind of cash. I worked at Egg Bank. I don't remember them. They were the An first online bank. Online An online bank. Yeah, back in the day. Yeah. yeah. They used to have hamsters as dressers people in the advert. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I worked for them for a little while, but I still wanted to do journalism and stuff. So I was writing writing for lots more local newspapers now and papers that weren't local to me so the Wandsworth Guardian which is now called the Wandsworth Times is like deep in South London I was living still in, in Dudley 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 I <laughs> <laughs> emailed the Wandsworth Guardian saying yeah I'm a local and I'm a graduate I'm a media graduate I want to write for you and they'd be like yeah sure you can write about local stuff for us and I'd be writing for the Birmingham Post as a local journalist so I was doing all these different places nice. as a local trying to get more bylines and then maybe now I'm 23 22 years old and I'm just like I can't keep doing it I'm traveling up and down the country doing internships mm. and in no dough and, and all my friends were getting jobs in recruitment and stuff and falling out of control um, <laughs> my, my, my girlfriend at the time well she's my wife now but my girlfriend at the time was working she wanted to be a forensic scientist and she'd already got a foot in the door at a forensic space and had a job so I was like nah I'm giving up and then this one woman who I'd done a course with messaged me and said there's a group called Cat 22 charity that helps get predominantly black kids but also white kids from poor areas into the media industry mm-hmm. okay. and, I, and I was like I'm, I'm not I'm not interested like I'm done with journalism and she and said just look into it anyway so I looked into it and the course it was this was like a Friday and the course started on, on the following Monday and it was four months in between each course so I was like said to woman well the course starts next week so I'm not going to wait another four months I'm not doing it but she told me to call them anyway so I called them up on a Friday morning and Friday afternoon I went and met them for an interview and then Monday I started the course with them <coughs> yeah and that was set up by a guy called Toke he was a journalist himself or had been a journalist black guy from East, East London and he said wasn't a representation in the industry and wanted to help get more in so we need more of those people don't we yeah we do after Catch Me Too folded he went to work for O2 doing like a youth development team for them and now he's the CEO of some massive charity in London. Same thing. Yeah, really good guy. So they, Catch-22, did the course of four months. And then, then they put you forward with their business partners. It was like Sky, Daily Mirror, Condé Nast, Heat Magazine, all these different publications. There's no guaranteed job at the end of it, but it's a chance mm-hmm. to put a foot in the door to then mm-hmm. find a booth. I went to the, I was supposed to go to Daily Mirror for a week. And then I was supposed to go to some, some local newspaper in the country that was owned by Daily Mirror, but wasn't, wasn't a major one. And I was supposed to go to Heat Magazine. Now, I went to, I had to go for interviews for all three. I got the Daily Mirror and I got the local newspaper. Heat Magazine, which is one that I, I didn't want to go to the Daily Mirror because I was supposed to do a fashion one there. And I started doing fashion early in my career, but I was kind of bored of fashion. So I wanted to do um, news. So when I went to Daily Mirror, they said I'd be part of the fashion desk. And I was just like, Oh. No. <laughs> yeah. You could see this my face. So I came out of the interview thinking, well, I've not got it because I made it pretty clear by my face. I didn't want it. So the local newspaper one, I thought it's good just to learn hard news and get the local local um, experience. 
but I really wanted Heat Magazine. And I thought I really impressed the Heat Magazine in the interview. Then I got called back in to catch three people feedback and Heat Magazine said that I didn't seem excited enough. And I didn't uh, wanted it. And I, yeah. And I, and I told Tokes, I said to Tokes, like, I don't get it. Like, I was the most crazy excited to be there. Mm-hmm. I filled up all their former editors and where those editors are now. So, like, I'd, re- I'd over-prepared for that interview. Mm. I didn't get it. I think now, thinking back to it, I was a black kid, a black boy, and Heat Magazine was completely... Right. Yeah, totally. They weren't ready for you. They weren't. And then I um so I went to the Daily Mirror and I was part of the fashion I was, I waited in the lobby for an hour. The, the fashion person wasn't in, so the showbiz editor, Chris Buxton, tall ginger guy. Actually he's from Hull as well. Is he? Yeah, yeah, Chris Buxton, he's from Hull. He was showbiz editor at the time. He came downstairs in a three piece suit and he bowled in, he went, You JJ, yeah? And I was like, Yeah, he was like, Come with me then. And he took me upstairs and he went, Right, you're supposed to be on the fashion desk, but uh the fashion bird isn't in today so you're going to sit on my desk on showbiz if you sit on showbiz you're writing showbiz uh, right. <laughs> okay <laughs> what uh, a start my god yeah That's well, I, sat on, I sat on the JM desk and it's like Tom Bryant Mark Jeffries Kenny Moody and Danielle Cosmoroli and another woman called Danielle they're all seasoned experienced journalists and they kept calling me the tea boy in an affectionate way they were like tea boy here's 10 pounds go and get some kind of thing but they taught me so much in that week and then at the end of the week Chris booked in the show presenter was like I'm not going to send you to the local paper I want you to stay here for another month and I was like oh wow happy to do so so I stayed with them for another month and they uh, they they sent me across the country to cover stories it was when X Factor was really big they had some girls on there who'd been in a fight or something and they're from they'd been a Coventry suburb so they gave me some train tickets and I'm like, go to Coventry, stay there for the night, sort these girls, get what you can, blah, blah. <laughs> and lots, lots of that stuff in the mirror. And then it got to the end of the month and uh, Chris Buckton said, like, you've got the right attitude, but you're writing is shit. So you need to go to CCJ, which is like the national qualification for journalists. Plenty of journalists don't bother doing it. They just start when they're 16 working as journalists and they just get experience. But Chris Buckton was like adamant you should do it. And I said... I've looked into those courses. They cost about three thousand to four thousand pounds for, wow. for for a year. I said I can't afford it. I could barely afford to work at the mirror for free. And then Tom Bryant, um, who again another posh rich white guy, said to me, "No, I couldn't afford it either." And my parents didn't want me to be a journalist, so I got it for free. So the trick was, you would go to the job centre and sign up as a job seeker, and then if you went to Lambeth College in Clapham, you could give them your job seeker's card and you'd get the course for £20. Oh, amazing. Wow. Yeah. And Tom so what's, said, the, what's the name of the course again? Sorry, just to... Uh, the NCTJ. NCTJ. Yeah, at Lambeth okay. College. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, they have a really high pass rate um, as well there. It's, it's intensive. It's like they do it in, I think, the three-month course, something like that, whereas, like, the, the bigger universities and city universities, they do, like, a year-long course for it. Right, but, uh, okay. But from there, I met... A girl called Kirsty McCormack, who ended up work. She ended up work being showbiz at the Daily Express. A guy called John Dean, who ended up being news editor at the Daily Mirror, and then Tom Barnes, who had his own PR company. And then, I mean, it was, it was, I was in a good class of people, and everyone went on to do good things. So I completed my CTJ, and before I even finished it, I had an interview with the Evening Standard to be online showbiz reporter. Oh my uh, God! Amazing. Yeah, and I got the job, um, and I was there for nine months, and I hated it. 
I couldn't okay. see it. Why? Yeah. What was it that he didn't like? The people. It was a bunch of really super posh white people. Right, right. Uh, old boys club. I was going in there to do showbiz news online. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, and the, the pay was terrible. I was on 15200 a year. But people and forget. That, in London, isn't it, as well? Uh, yeah. No. Stephen Standard is world famous, but it is essentially a local newspaper. It's only given out in London, you know. So the pay isn't isn't great. But everyone there was like Chelsea kind of boys. The the entertainment editors on the paper hated me because I was writing about Cowie and Justin Bieber and stuff like that. And they were like, this isn't what Stephen Standard is about. You can't put that kind of content up. But then my That's boss... what people are watching. Yeah, precisely. Exactly. And then, and then my boss, Neil Hunter, would be like, well, his stories are the best on the website. They get the most clicks. So yes. yeah, actually, he can do it. Nice. But every day, it was just like constant battles against mm. people. And then the Evening Standard office was in the same building, or wasn't the same building, as the Independent newspaper, which is now closed, uh, and the Daily Mirror. No, the Daily Mail, sorry. These are all in West London. And I had seen a black woman with dreadlocks, blonde dreadlocks, in the list. Like every other day, and like, you know how it is. There's not many black people in the same space. And yeah. You, 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 the nod. The nod. Allies. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like if they, if they respond to the nod, then yes. Then yeah. <laughs> and then I bumped into her at a showbiz party and we started talking. And it turned out she was the showbiz editor for the Daily Mail online. Her name was Donna mm. McConnell. And I told her how I hated the Evening Standard, and she was like, "Oh, I have noticed that they've been doing more showbiz online." And I was like, yeah, that's me who's doing that showbiz. So she uh, eventually got me a couple of shifts a week at the Daily Mail. Mm-hmm. But had she not been in that position, I wouldn't have gotten Exactly. You know, we have, we, have, we have to have more black people in management roles to bring in more black people. Yeah, um, man. Totally agree. So, but I couldn't afford to quit the Evening Standard because the Daily Mail, two shifts a week wasn't enough money. No. And the Daily Mail, sorry, and, the, and, the, and the Evening Standard wanted me full-time five days a week. So I would work 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Evening Standard and then go up the stairs and work 5 p.m. to 2 a.m. for the Daily that Mail. That is mental. Wow. Yeah. So I did that for like maybe three months before Donna could get me in full-time at the Daily Mail. Uh, I, I loved quitting at the Evening Standard. <laughs> <laughs> we all have one of those jobs, don't we? Oh, we're my like, God. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really hated it. And I started the Daily Mail. It was hard work, but actually it was... The Daily Mail wasn't the big beast that it is now, then. We were maybe like number 20 in the world for most red news websites. But we had this great team of showbiz writers. We were all young, and we all kind of had the same similar pathway. Um, and we just all grew together. And then eventually the website became number one in the world, and we were part of it. And that's Amazing. fantastic. Was it quite uh, a diverse group of people, or was it still quite mainly white? For, for the showbiz section, it was diverse. We had Good. Donna, a black woman with dreadlocks, um, leading the leading the, the leading this uh, showbiz section. Um, Lucy Buckland is half Indian, half white. She was on the showbiz team. Then there was me, a couple of other black people. So yeah, I'd say the showbiz desk was quite mixed. I'd say probably forty percent black. Mm-hmm. Nice. But the the Daily Mail newspaper itself was overwhelmingly white of course right yeah that was completely white yeah daily mail i got as far as senior showbiz reporter and then i realized i'm gonna have to be here for like five six years before i get another promotion so i was like i was looking for that way out also the hours were crazy i'd often do 5 p.m to 2 a.m shift 
for like two or three weeks in a, in a row, and then it might be six a.m. to two a.m. to two p.m. for the next next few. I was I was always exhausted, always tired, too tired mm. to do it. But as I say, there was a good class of people because Lucy Brookland, who I was with there, she's now head of showbiz for the Daily Mirror. Louise Saunders, who was with us, is now the Daily Mail showbiz editor. Uh, Kimberly Dallas was with us, and she she went on to become head of showbiz for Buzzfeed. Wow. Well, but yeah, we had, we had a good. Oh, and Kirsty McCormack was Daily. She she also went to the Mail with me, and then she's head was head of showbiz at the Express, and now she's just her own showbiz news website. Um, so it was a good class of people, and we've all gone on to be section editors elsewhere, yeah, which is great. That's amazing. As a, as a network of people, we, we have a WhatsApp group where it's like the five biggest titles in the UK, and we're all in charge of one of them. You know, oh, the wow. Group. That's amazing. That's yeah. so powerful, isn't it, as well? Yeah, yeah. it is. Because as you like, alluded to in your journey, there didn't seem to be much representation um, as you were coming up, but do you think that's improving on in your place of work in your industry or I think it's improving as in there's a, a few more maybe there's two percent more black people um who are reporters but there's nowhere near enough of us at the top end right yeah, and, yeah there's, there's nowhere near enough nowhere near um and that that has to change because uh, yeah. culture can culture in these places can change but it starts at the top completely agree yeah completely you know? agree um, so like, uh, okay, where I'm at now, between me and my boss, we're the senior members of staff there. So if if we're we don't we don't use the term BAME, but okay. Um, if you write a copy, it's not BAME or person of color. It's well, what are they? Are they black? Are they Japanese? Yeah. Chinese? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's really so important. They, yeah, that's it. Whereas, but we're still under reach, and the other reach titles are still going to say BAME. And yeah, that's yeah. They do what they want, but in our house, we will say. Yeah. that's really important yeah. to make the distinction because even within the term black there's so many different Completely. you know is it are you black british do you identify as black afro-caribbean black african and you know yeah. the kind of uh difference or not differences but just your perspective is different because you've experienced different things and it's really important yeah. to respect and honor where people are coming from I hey, think. Well, I mean, yeah. you guys do this even just among us west africa between Nigerians and Ghanaians, there's that rivalry of who's better, who is better jollof, Nigerians. Obviously Ghanaian. We digress, but have you seen, I've seen a, a, a protest picture about... <laughs> you get no more jollof for Karen. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, no, like, no Ghanaian jollof for her, but she can have an idea of yeah. Do you know what? We have humour in every everything. Even in our pain, we have humour, and I just love yeah. that about us. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but such differences between even countries as close as Nigeria and Ghana, such differences in our culture. Mm-hmm. And then between Nigeria and Ghana united against uh, East Africa or the Arab side of Africa, and then all of Africa as a whole versus the Caribbean. Like, yeah. Totally different, and we're, we're all sectioned in. So, yeah. yeah. It's important that we have more black managers and more section managers and more people at the top. Otherwise, yeah. the man up stays white. And, and it's just what... to mention, it's not like necessarily, I know there are rivalries and stuff within the culture, but it's just to appreciate the kind of cultural differences or nuances that, you know, Africa is not a country, it's a continent. The Caribbean, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just one homogenous group. There are really great 
differences to be celebrated but if you don't appreciate and you just lump everyone in one block you yeah. that you're just gonna look it's gonna be kind of diluted you know yeah so it's great that your your house as you put it has got that stance and how you you report and and yeah. maybe other places houses will start to take note why you're making yeah. that distinction you hope so so I left the Daily Mirror, sorry, the Daily Mail. I left the Daily Mail and moved to Dubai. I was offered a chance to be a news editor for this magazine over there called Aklan, um, and I took it. Quick uh, went... question. Before you went to Dubai, did you Google how what expatriation was like for a black person in Dubai? Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it, has to be, it has to be said. It's the first thing I did. Yeah. Like, if I moved to Spain, I was like, which part of Spain will be the best for a black girl? It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's not weird it's a sad kind of reality that we have to mm, consider yeah. when traveling gosh Judy such like a mom isn't she that is not getting edited that is going to be main, main page on the podcast <laughs> JJ I love you this is brilliant absolutely love it. <laughs> so um I checked it out online. I've never been to the Middle East before, so I checked mm. out, and I looked just like like Vegas or something to me. I was just like, "Cool, I'm going." Um, I went there to be news editor. When I, once I got there and I surveyed the scene, I mean, at first I hated it. I didn't have. Did any you? Stuff. Yeah, I didn't have any. What did you hate? Um, the heat was too much. It was mm-hmm. too hot. Um, I couldn't go to the local shop and buy alcohol. You have to have a, a license for that. Shut up. Food. Yeah, you have to have an alcohol license. You can't go buy it without a license. There's there's ways around it, but I didn't learn this stuff until four or five months in. Um, right. And yeah, I just I just I just quite lonely there. So like the first time I moved to London, mm-hmm. I didn't like it. I'd like go back to the hotel room and just sit there and watch TV. But yeah. um, so Dubai, I found I found it quite lonely and a very overwhelming place. But I, but I, I said to myself, I've got to stay here for at least a year. I can't. Mm-hmm. And actually, three months later, it was fantastic. And um. What had I, changed in the three months? I guess I just got to know the city and um, and how it worked and what my job working for the biggest magazine afforded me. So yeah, there, of course, yeah. Yeah. After, the way they treated people who worked for Afra magazine was like, you were the celebrity. So we'd go oh. to rest and you'd, you'd go to pay and the manager would come over and be like, no, 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 this is on us. Thank you so much for, for dining here. Can we take a picture? With you kind of thing. Shut up, that. really? Yeah, oh my god, good. I need to get me a job there. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> we had the keys to the city, it was fantastic. Um wow, that, that sounds awesome. After a year there as news editor, I got made deputy editor for the magazine. And then a year after that I got made editor in chief of the magazine. And that's fantastic. when ev- everything like when uh Jewry come and see me, I'd be like I'd message Jaguar and say Oh, my wife's coming. My girlfriend's coming over for the weekend. Can you give me a car? And they give us a <gasps> for the weekend. We had Jags, Audi, um, Chevrolet. That, the one from Transformers, the yellow one that is like a sports car. That one. We can have oh, any. Sh- shut oh, up! That is amazing. <laughs> yeah, that was the power of of Aslan magazine over there because they were, they were such an they're so they're impartial, but they were so influential. Every expat who was in UAE would read the website or pick up the magazine. Really? Right. Where, yeah. So. Everyone wanted to be in your good graces and your favours. And we did a lot of um, sub-magazines. So we do the 100 best restaurants in, in the Middle East. Right, okay, of course, yeah. right. We, we, the staff, would have to go to all these restaurants and eat in them to decide whether they're good enough to be in the 100. 
Um, oh, poor you, JJ. That sounds awful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What a task. What a task. <laughs> best 100 bars. We did that. The worst one was 100. Best 100 bars. Because oh. once you've had one massage, you know. You, you... Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> it was real life after that, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was fantastic. The only downside of Dubai was that my family was so far away. Yeah, of course, yeah. Wifey they would have been so life. proud of you, though, to see all that you achieved. And, and... that progression in, you know, for yeah. you, like you're saying, if you stayed where you were, for just for the next level, it might have taken five years, but then you leaped two or three to become editor-in-chief. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, fantastic. I had a great team. Actually, the girl who was my deputy editor in Dubai, uh, an Irish girl called Katrina, I brought her to OK. But when I moved back and came to OK, I brought her to OK. Now she's my deputy editor at OK Online as well. Um, oh, amazing. Yeah, I've met good people over there. Um, and again, I learned loads from the people who were above me, learning how to manage the commercial side of the team. All of our sales team were Lebanese guys who um, hustle. <laughs> <laughs> so learning how to deal with um, international cultures as well yeah. over there, which is super important, I think. And that's that's what I think. I think that's why I became a good manager was working mm. with all different types of people. And Dubai was going great, and then my grandma, who lives in Denmark, got sick. So I was flying out uh, from Dubai. So I go from Dubai to London and then into Denmark. But Dubai weeks are Sundays are Monday and Thursdays are Friday. Mm-hmm. I could okay. Dubai on a Thursday night, land in London Friday morning, go to Denmark for a day and a half, and then have to fly back from Denmark to London. That's crazy. Friday morning, go straight to work. So she had motor neuron disease. Oh, and, uh, I'm so sorry. It's awful. Yeah. And we, we didn't know what it was. She just kept getting sicker and sicker. And then eventually she got diagnosed with motor neuron disease. So then I was like, I'd, I'd rather move back to the UK and stay mm-hmm. there because actually it's a one hour flight from, it's a one hour flight from Sandshed to Aarhus in Denmark rather than me doing a 12 hour one way flight from Dubai to London and then having to do switchovers in airports, blah, blah, blah. So I started applying for jobs back in the UK and uh, a job came up at the Daily Mirror for assistant showbiz editor. And I, I thought to myself at the time, well, it's a step down from editor-in-chief to assistant showbiz editor of, of one section. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I need to get home. So yeah, should take it. So I applied and in my head, I was like, I've worked at Mirror before. I had all these great ties there. I'm surely I'm a shoe in for this role. I'm obviously experienced enough for the gig. Exactly. Mm. Too experienced, Perfect. probably. Yeah. yeah. Then I had the interview. I thought, yeah, that went fine. Actually, I, I actually did the interview when I was at a party. I was out at a party in Dubai for a <laughs> shocking. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. That's how I was like, yeah, that, that'd be fine. And then they called me a week later and said, we're not going to give you the role because we think you've been out the loop for too long. And I was yeah. like, I'm, I'm, I'm in the loop. I'm in the loop. I was like, what, what loop? What, what are you talking about? Um, and the woman, I'll name her. Her name is Beth, white woman, blonde hair, blue eyes, lives in Brighton, but works in, in London. She said, you've been out of London for too long. We're not sure whether, you know, you've to come back and just pick things up like you're oh, before. Come on. Change in the time you've been away. And I, said, and I said to her on the phone, um, I see the people who you write about, the ones who do well for you are people like Khloe Kardashian. I was with Khloe Kardashian four days ago, partying with her. Like I was mm-hmm. in a hotel, and went to the restaurant, then went to the bar, then I walked her home. These are people that I speak to on a regular basis. We've had Wilson out here, like you guys don't even get FaceTime with these people and web 
where I've got Justin Bieber's manager on speed dial. What are you talking about? Oh my gosh, dream. And, yeah, and she was like, well, you know, come back and we'll reassess it in six months. No, uh, no. Come back, come back and, and what would my job title be? She goes, we can make you senior reporter. And I was no. like, I've got to go back five steps to where mm. I can always come back to the country. No. Grandma was getting worse and worse. And I was like, I couldn't, I, I thought I started, I saved a bit of cash like in Dubai, but not a lot. And I started using more of my savings to just mm. like, back. So then I was like, okay. So I took the role and came back. Bearing in mind that, um, or side note, the guy who had been essentially the assistant show editor before was a guy who I knew, a white guy, who didn't have as much experience as me, had never managed any team, and he got the job because his girlfriend was friends with Beth at the time. No. Uh, that hurts, man. That's just yeah. so... And people say it like, oh, it's, a, it's a rare occasion that it happens, but it happens. I know yeah. like you've just mentioned it, that it happens all the time. How yeah. frustrating. Completely so. So I had basically said to her, well, I'll come back in six months' time after I've blown you over all my exclusives. I expect to be given that role. Six months later, no, no role. No. So I start looking for work elsewhere again. And then Kelby McNally from OK Magazine, whom I used to work with at the Daily Mail, Kelby's now editorial director for OK Online. Kelby messages me on, on Twitter saying, heard you back in the country. We've got a position for a news editor. Do you want to come in and, and try out for it? And I was like, yep. <laughs> Straight away. <laughs> Straight away. I went in for a meeting with Kelby, and she was like, yeah, like, this is the chat, really. I, I think I already know you. I think you'd be great for the role. You need to speak to my big boss. So, like, the, the, the guy who's in charge of OK is also the guy who's the overall in charge of the Daily Express, a guy called Jeffrey Marsh. And Jeff, white guy, glasses. He, he, he looks like just like a young kid, essentially. <laughs> look, look, the, the kind of guy who can never really grow a beard, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's what Jeff looks like. All and assuming, just a nice guy. So I met Jeff. And I was just like, "Oh, this this guy gets it." He, he, mm. um, he's just actually like, "What do you like numbers wise? What do you like about what okay do? What don't you like? What can we do better?" Blah blah. And I was like, "This is fantastic." It's really and refreshing that, to meet somebody who's asked the question, well, "How can we do better?" Instead of just resting on their laurels, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then that's me the role, and and a massive pay rise and what's getting at the mirror and I was Fantastic. like well, I feel like I'm getting back to where, where I want yeah. to so I resigned from the mirror then the mirror said to me we'll make you a and I was like so it takes for me to leave and have nah. a to offer me a job yeah I was like nah see ya so I left and ended up at the, at the OK and yeah had a fantastic team over there and what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> so how long have you been at OK now? Uh, three and a half years are okay. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. And it's been really interesting hearing you talk. And actually, I just there's a few questions I just wanted to ask. So, in terms of somebody looking up to you, a young person wanting to enter your industry, what advice? I mean, you touched on it. You've mentioned the NTTJ course, which I've not been aware of. Is I mean, what advice would you give to uh, a young person wanting to enter your industry? I'd say you have to show that you want to work in industry. So don't worry so much about interning anymore, but try and get bylines wherever you can, whether that's for your university, newspaper, website, whatever it is, or that you have a blog, just try and get bylines because that shows that you're interested. The amount of people who apply for jobs and they say to me, oh, I love writing. And I'm like, okay, who's written for? And they say, well, nobody. I'm like, oh, well, who have you approached? Like, 
oh, well, no, I've, I've been trying to get a job. It's like, well, you have to show me that. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. Right? Um, did you guys see what happened with Stylist this, uh, last week? No. So Stylist, like many companies, given some the Black Lives Matter protests and whatever, they put a post up to a black woman holding the Black Lives Matter sign and they said, Stylist stands with Black Lives Matter, blah, 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 support black community, yada, yada, yada. That's fine. Cool. Everyone's doing it. And then I saw some comments of people slagging them off, being like, you don't care about us. Get the F off. Take this post down, blah, blah. And I was like, what, what has sparked this reaction from Stylist? Mm. Turns out uh, a journalist, a woman of color, mixed race girl called Jasmine Lord had pitched to Stylist a month ago. Mm-hmm. A month before, before George Floyd's death, she pitched to them saying she wanted to write a piece about the underrepresentation of women of color in the space and its mental effect on women of color and how... how yeah, you need to see black women and women of color need to see themselves around themselves. Otherwise, yeah. they stand by themselves isolated. Um, it, was a, it was a strong pitch, mm-hmm. and she hasn't got to post it on Instagram. She then posted the reply from Stylist, which came from Stylist like, maybe three weeks after she pitched it to them. They replied, and they replied to her something like two weeks before George Floyd was murdered. And the email reply was, sorry, I took time to get back to you. This isn't one for us. This isn't one for us. Thanks. You're joking. That's Just it. It's a short and sweet, like it, a sentence. That was it. That, was it. that was it. You know what? I, I actually have it on my phone. Let's see, see if I've still got that picture. Um, that's disgusting, Ran. Yeah. So she. So this is the company that's putting the blackout Tuesday solidarity yeah, yeah. pictures up, but a couple of weeks before, I said, "Sorry, not today." Basically. Yeah. Hi. Mm-hmm. Sorry for the delay in getting back to you. This isn't one for us, I'm afraid. Thanks. That was no. it. And they sent that Friday, 22nd of May. They sent that at 17.08. So so Jazz had put this on her Instagram stories, and the girl doesn't have that many followers. But Mm -hmm. people have started tagging their friends in it and said, oh, my God, you've seen this, blah, blah. So this had this massive reaction. And then Silas has since now come out and apologised and said, you know, we're we're really trying to better ourselves. Oh, God. Blah, blah. So I got in contact with Jasmine Lord and told her, Okay, we'll publish your, your article. You're joking, um, yeah. did you? So she's on she's on the website now. Um, oh, amen. This is why we need people of colour at the top. Yes. Yeah. This is it. Because if someone, oh, if someone of colour in that office had taken it to one of our white bosses, I mean, if, if, if it was taken to Kelby, then maybe, yeah, Kelby would actually probably greenlight it. But you need to have people in colour in those positions. So, so I can say, I, I don't need to go and speak to someone about this. I want to offer, offer this girl the opportunity to work for us because so-and-so turned it down. And when I spoke to Jasmine on the phone, she was she sounded so um, humble and oh. like just, oh my God, thanks so much. And, and I'll write it for free. And I was like, no, you won't. No, no. That's why we need people like you in positions that you are in. That's that's wonderful. Prime example of what this whole, well, what we want to achieve really, isn't it? As a collective. Yeah. But you see, it started for me with Tokes. If Tokes hadn't got me into Catch-22, I wouldn't yeah. have been in the evening standard that I hated and meet a black woman who then took me into the yeah. email. You know? um, so, yeah, absolutely, we need more black managers. Um, can, I, can I ask you about them. your parents? How have they, what's their, how have they been in terms of, like, response for your career choice? Have they been supportive? That's from Nigeria. Mum's from Zimbabwe. They met over here. And I was born. I was born here. I went to school in Zimbabwe for like a few months when I was younger. But essentially, I've spent my whole life in 
growing up here. Um, well, my mum was a midwife, um, an age like 40 or something years, 43 years, like that. Oh, wow. Um, her and my grandma. <clears throat> right. Um, yeah. In fact, uh, for this arm, you probably can't see it, but this tattoo yes. is the Danish uh, tree of life. It's the midwife oh. in Denmark. Oh, ah, that is gorgeous. Yeah. Love yeah. Um, so my mom, basically, as I'm sure is the same as your parents, was always saying, from day dot, you've got to work harder than everyone else. Yeah. yeah. You've got to really push up and make sure you're doing the best you can do. Don't be the one who's at the front leading the gang, trying to do trouble. <laughs> yeah. Always, or that you know you're 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 in class. Make sure you're not talking in class. Make sure you're listening. Yeah. Blah, blah. So she didn't really mind what I went what I went into. Her biggest thing for me was that I, I graduate. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The big thing for her. After that, she didn't really mind what I did. Um, but like most parents, I guess with her, she when I say to her, I'm a journalist, she expects me to be like Trevor McDonald on the news. <laughs> <laughs> it's that God. thing that I aim high, like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sarah Trevor McDonald, yes, man. He's like the nation's granddad, isn't he? He's amazing. Yeah. Um, That's very much how she viewed it, but she was proud of everything I was doing journalism-wise. Dad worked as a local government, uh, local council housing administrator, whatever, just a a generic housing job in in the council, which is actually funny. My dad's name is Godwin, and my wife's dad's name is Godwin. No way. Hey. Yeah, and they both same job. Shut up! Wow. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> um, so my my dad doesn't really get it. He's like, he knows I'm a journalist, but for, for him, it's more case of the status symbols that I'm able to have. So, yeah. Like growing up, the like for for example, we used to have this uh, car called a, a Datsun Sunny, which is like a really cheap Japanese um, estate. We had one that, we had, that had no engine that sat on the pavement. Um, mm-hmm. and, we, and then we had another one that we used to use to get around. But it, oh, it was, it was the kind of car that when your parents pull up and you're like, oh, God, don't. <laughs> <laughs> We've yeah, got so many stories. My dad literally took jokes out on us, didn't he? My God, I used to park at least 50 miles away. You used to not let him drop you off from the drop off at school. It's all right, I'll get out here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But it was a car, and do you know what? There's a reason behind why the, they would have that car. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely, absolutely. But our cars seemed to get worse and worse. Oh. Last time, they had the old school Mini, you know, the really, really tiny ones. Yeah. Man. We're a family of five. The three kids in the back like this. <laughs> and my, my dad at the front like this. It was uh, not great. So, so now, for growing up, my, my dream was I want to have a nice car. That's all mm-hmm. I have. And currently, I'm lucky enough to have a Range Rover. Second-hand, not, not brand new enough. Oh, nice. So what an achievement, that's mm-hmm. ace. Yeah, so my, so my dad sees that as, oh, my son's successful. Cause he's yeah. Range Rover. Because he can take me to the football or whatever. And that's what he sees as successful. Um, he doesn't really care what I do as long as I'm making money. Yeah. Well, that's proud nice that both your parents were open-minded and, and weren't just like you, you know, here is this one of three jobs, tick. Uh, oh, yeah, service, no. you know what I mean because sometimes I think um our in within our culture that can be the mindset which isn't doesn't necessarily nurture the gifts that you, you individual children have if they no, don't I mean, you know because my mom worked in the NHS she was dead against us working at NHS she said it's 
um, a thank, thankless task. She, she loved her job mm-hmm. and she did one. So, um, actually, actually, the plan was for her to deliver our firstborn. Oh. Because, yeah, she, she retired in 1996. She had a stroke yeah. in 96 and then oh. couldn't work. So the plan was she'll come back out of retirement and even if she's just in the room with the mother yeah. doing it, like, yeah. that was the last, the last baby she delivered with, with her. Um, but she was like NHS. She's seen a lot of racism. Yeah, of times her grandma about people saying we don't want a monkey touching our baby. Um, so she was like adamant: do not work the NHS, do not work shift, just do a, a job where you can go in at uh, nine a.m. You can leave at six p.m. and get it. Yeah. But then, it, as it turned out, I um, when I started journalism, all I was doing was shift. Yeah, not exactly. She was like, I told you never to end up doing shift. My middle sister wanted to be a midwife, but mom, mom really talked her out of it, and instead she became an investment banker. So it worked out okay for her. But, I was going to say hello. Not a bad yeah, situation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, these days, no one really tends to do a career for life, so she could still end up becoming a midwife. She still has that desire, and yeah, it's just a shame. Of your mum's experiences that she actively did. Do you know what though? I bet it was painful though. Yeah, like you are doing the yeah. job of like bringing life into someone's life and you are treated, you know, with such little regard for your skills, your talent, your tenacity. And, and you know, so, so it's really pains me to hear that actually, JJ. I, I would never advise my kids to become a journalist, not in a million years. Like, I, really? I, yeah, I enjoy the role and I've had a, I've had a great. I've had so many experiences that I wouldn't have gotten if I wasn't um, uh, a showbiz journalist. Um, but I've been to Maldives and uh, Beverly Hills, stayed in like five-star hotels around the world because of my, my job. But, but for, for the poor amount of pay um, and the uncertainty of the industry, I, I wouldn't tell my kids to become a journalist. No way. If my kid told me he wants to be a journalist like, like me, I'd be like, get another dream, kid. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love how he's already got the dialogue in his head. <laughs> <laughs> so, I wanted to ask you a little bit about Orange Soda because I had the pleasure of seeing you and Coco um, in London yeah, before yeah. lockdown. It was oh. amazing. It was busy. The floor was packed. How did mm-hmm. it start? How wh- how would you kind of um? Describe how you and Coco kind of formed your alliance as well, because it was amazing. Um, really, really well. Thanks. Um, me and Coco worked at the Daily Mirror together in my okay. second when I came back for that second stint. This again, it's like I hated it at the Mirror and I didn't want to take that job. But had I not taken the job, I would never have met Coco. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So it was a positive in everything, isn't it? Yeah. So she was based in New York, the Daily Mirror. So we'd oh, never wow. met. Based yeah, we never met face to face. But when I was going in in the morning, I would be in before the editor, so I'd have to do handover with New York. So right. we chatted by a Google chat. We never spoke on the phone. It was always just computers. But even across typing, I could tell, oh, she thinks the same, the same way that I do. We're vibing, we're vibing, we're vibing. And at, that, at this point, I didn't even know that she was um, half black, half white. I just, Claire Rutter is a real name. I just thought, yeah, okay. If it's a good girl at work, I get on with. She's mm-hmm. pretty dope. And then um, she came back to London around Christmas time, for, like for a visit or something, and popped into the office. And we met. I think we went for a drink with two of the other team members, and we just clicked 
and it was just yeah. there, from, from the start there was never any kind of romance thing it was literally but like me and you Steph it was just yeah. like ah oh, my sister and then she moved back from New York a few months later and then but she wasn't working in our office she moved to the metro and became head of showbiz at the metro okay and then me and her were just talking about or what we like and blah blah and first we were saying oh maybe we should do a podcast together talking about x y and z and then we're in the process of doing a, a starting to do a podcast and then hoxton radio um said they were looking for presenters for new shows mm-hmm. so we picked a um a show that was going to specialize in 90s and noughties music nice um who loves orange soda we felt like that yeah yeah we do i love it but that really um, just encapsulated what we were trying to do. So nice. we called it the Orange Soda Show. Nice. And then I met a guy. <laughs> this is going to really bougie. I was on a private jet. <laughs> oh, shut up, JJ. Shut <laughs> up. And I met the guy who owns Nobu. Um, oh, so wow. Not Chef Nobu himself, but one of his business partners. Um, and he owns the hotel, Nobu Hotel and Bar. And restaurant in Shoreditch, mm-hmm. and he was saying, he was saying to me, you know, he's trying to get a cool crowd in, and blah blah. And do I know anyone who could help, could help him? I mean, this was after like six hours of drinking together that we had this conversation. <laughs> and I said, yeah, well, I DJ, um, and I've got a friend who who wants to DJ, so we could we could put on something for you, and blah blah. Amazing. So our first proper gig together, I think, was our residency. We had a summer residency at Nobu, Sundays, six p.m. till eleven p.m. of us just Stood in Nobu restaurant, DJ. No, of all the places to start as well, Nobu's yeah. got some like back, you know, back basement <laughs> places. Nobu, yeah. what the hell? Amazing. So we did that, um, and we had a massive launch party, and we invited all our celebrity friends down, um, like Marcel from Blazing Squad and nice. uh, Victoria, Victoria Clay, she's a model from Britain's Next Model, all these different people, and loads of press, and they got um, written about it in all the papers. Oh, um, fantastic. Yeah. Well, you've got the links, haven't you? It just makes yeah. sense. Mm. Because, and, and that's how it started. So then we had the Sean Hoxton, we had Nobu, and then we got one random booking at 100 Wardour Street to do a party, a summer party for, I think it was Hendrix Gin or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or Gordon. And, and off the back of that, the management team at 100 Wardour there saw us DJing, and they said, we've never had people dancing at one of these parties. Ah, um, amazing! And then they booked us for 100 Wardour Street, they, they made a brunch for us called R&B Brunch, mm-hmm. and they were like, you guys to play your R&B at this R&B brunch. Nice. And then, yeah, that company, D&D, then brought us a, a few, there's another place called Quaglino's, which is in Mayfair, and uh, a rooftop bar called Madison's, and they booked us at all of their venues now. So that's how Orange Soda came about. So it was literally just from us, our shared dislike <laughs> at the time <laughs> of our work situation. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> there's a Amazing. lesson there, you know, you're saying that there's certain jobs and roles that you've had that haven't been fulfilling or and have been difficult, but you've met people, you've made connections, um, and it's been a stepping stone to the next point. So I guess it's encouragement to somebody who's in a job they don't like, don't despair, but you can use it to yeah. your, your advantage. And there's a reason why you're there at this time. It's not going to be forever, but hopefully, you know, 
think I never saw it. I never saw it at the time. At the time when I'm in a place that I don't like, I can never see the positives of it. It's not until after I'm out of it that I'm like, yeah. oh, actually, yeah, I wouldn't have had X, Y, and Z if not for, for A, B, and C. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So another thing um, that some people may or may not know um, from looking at our um, Instagram pages, so my sister and I, Julie and I, went to um, House of Parliament for Black History Month. Mm. And this was yeah. down to JJ. This, I know again, that this guy has got links for and days. <laughs> you share them. You not, don't just keep them to you know. You mentioned Jasmine Lord, and I'm really gonna look into look at read her article and what she, mm-hmm. you know, and what was stylist loss is your gain and the world's gain. Absolutely, and, exactly. And but you share your platform massively. Exactly. I'll let you go into it in more detail because you know the details, JJ. But basically. <laughs> offered us a contact which was the wonderful um dawn is it dawn brown dawn, dawn butler dawn butler mp um, mp and we for yeah mp for brent that was it um and we had the honor of have spending an evening with some amazing amazing black influencers in london there was a really nice speech there was sort of um poetry it was amazing but this was all down to you in a nutshell yeah so, do you I just got to... off at Westminster and just loved it. Oh, honestly, we, we were like literally Dick Whittington with little bags on our shoulders, like, oh my God, we're going to... Honestly, JJ, we were buzzing. So if you can give us a bit of background as to what the event was and how you know Dor, um, Dor that'd be amazing. So um, I've been interested in politics for like the longest time. Um, pretty much since... I remember going to... Um, one of my high school teachers when he was running for the Labour councillor when I was 12 years old going to the channel to listen to the speech but it's not an air it's what wasn't an area where I thought I could actively really get involved in just because I thought you know politics white people blah blah blah, blah. Mm-hmm. um and then more so in recent years I've been thinking well my my, my real strength I guess is my communication and I'm good mm-hmm. at 100% yeah I'd agree with that um and I've seen Dawn Butler several times on uh on tv mm-hmm. and i've read some of, some of the stuff that she'd written previously and i was thinking she could be i thought she could be much better presented than she would mm-hmm. be um and I, I i sent her a message on twitter she still claims to this day that she that i didn't send it but i definitely sent her a message <laughs> that she didn't <laughs> and then i was out at um a sony rich award after party as um, you do as you do. Sorry, JJ. I was talking to Paloma Face about. Shut her... up. <laughs> yeah. I said to Paloma like... Face, how I said, well, like, my wife's pregnant, so, um, you know, we're going to have a kid and blah, blah, blah. And, and Paloma Face doesn't um, address, she doesn't, she doesn't reveal the name of a kid, and she's raising a kid completely non binary. It's like boys' clothes, girls' clothes, whatever. Do you know what I mean? So I talked about that and saying, like, well, why why did you do that? And then whilst talking to Paloma Faith, I saw Don Butler at the other side of the room. And I literally said to Paloma, Eric, anyway, great catch up with you, I've got to go by. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up, really? <laughs> yeah. And I walked awesome. over I walked over to um Dawn, who was wearing home. She was wearing this really nice fitted red dress, which is with Kanye King, the oh, Mobo. Mobo. Yeah. She was there as well oh, that night. Yeah. Yeah, and I said to Dawn, listen, um, uh, I want to talk to you about politics. Um, I'm a massive fan, but I think I can help you reach a, a, a wider audience. Mm-hmm. And she was like, 
okay, I'm listening. And I was like, I'm journalist, but I've just set up my own PR company on the side. And I'll, yeah, like, I'll, I think you could do better. And she was like, okay, um, message me about it. And I was like, well, I messaged you on Twitter and you didn't reply. <laughs> so she got her phone out and she started going through her Twitter messages. It's like, well, I can't find you. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like that. And then eventually, um, so I went, we left the party. I emailed her the next day. And the following week, she set up a meeting with me at Parliament. And I went down to Parliament to pitch to her. And it was, I thought it would be just me and her, but it was me, her, and her, I guess, like a senior advisor. Okay. Um, like, literally in the lobby of Parliament. It was mad. And like, Jeez, how intense is that? Yeah, it's crazy. And all these politicians, I mean, I guess it's, it's their place of work, right? So they're all just yeah. walking around like normal. I remember seeing Corbyn in a very ill-fitting suit, my head, just walking around. <laughs> like, wow, crazy. Um, and then she was like, yeah, I like your ideas. Um, come back next week and we'll talk about it with the wider team. Nice. Finally, we again, and uh, we went, went to our office and there's maybe like seven or eight of us. And I basically said to her that, look, you don't have to like Donald Trump, but he, he's a billionaire who has convinced the poorest people in America that he's one of them. You need yeah. to be more like speak more truthfully, stop using all the rhetoric that every politician uses because that's not yeah. going to help. You need to differentiate yourself. And even then, I could see some of the team were, on, were, like, were really on board and maybe half the team were very much like, no, nah, I'm not sure what's the way to go, blah, blah. And I was like, well, you can keep on doing what you're doing currently, but that's not going to change anything. Yeah, it's yeah. not working. Uh, yeah. So then off the back of that, we started. she, she agreed to it and we now started helping her writing articles opinion pieces, um, getting the columns in different places. But actually, at the moment, this is exclusive for you guys. <laughs> she's going to be in Women's Health magazine um, doing a profile piece about her and um, mental health. And oh, wow. Yeah, we, we, we just agreed that deal yesterday with Women's Health. So she's oh, doing wow. It. So that's, you said that's exclusive. exclusive first. Hello. When is that going to yeah. be published? Do you know? <laughs> it'll be September issue. September. Oh, fantastic. Right. Yeah. That's great for her. Yeah. Um, so she'd, she'd, yeah, she'd, she'd write some stuff or she'd tell me what she wants to say and I'd write it or one of the team would write it and I'd just refine it and, and I'd take out words and I'd say, you can't say this statement because it just sounds like a politician and I want, mm. I want it more normal. Yeah. yeah good advice. And then she said to me, um, we have to, she's doing a, this Black History Month um, celebration. She always has a party for it. Um, nice. And I said, fantastic, but like, don't just invite your black mates. Yeah, um, to invite black people who are going to tweet about it and get you coverage of it. People like um, Ovi, he was popular at the time, Ovi from Love Island. Yeah, he was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, he actually was busy and couldn't attend in the end. Um, oh, got it. I also said to us, like, you also need to open it up to people who are actively doing stuff to the black community who aren't just in London. Cause, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's, this, there's this thing of people thinking black faces are only in London. And yeah. Them. Once you get past Birmingham, there's no black people kind of thing. So um, I've not long met, met Steph. Yeah. Um, and I said to Dawn, I submitted a list of names to Dawn and said, you need to send these people invites. I remember, I think the party was like October something. Yeah, it was in October. Yeah, it was October, was it? Yeah. yeah. And it was getting closer to the date and, and Steph was saying, oh, we haven't had the invites yet. I, I, I keep WhatsApping Dawn being like, where the effort these invites? Like, are you, are you, have they been uninvited? These, these are my guests. I've said you have to invite. And again, it's just the, the slow workings of bureaucracy and her, and her office. That yeah. That it should. 
for me, if you're having a party at October 14th, by September 14th, the invite should have been sent out. Yeah, get it in that, uh, yeah, get the date locked in, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I was, uh, I think I was on honeymoon when, when yeah. the, yeah, the yeah, yeah, so I, I couldn't attend, but, um, it but was, was amazing. Pro leads to be, to be there and, and experience it and connect with all these other amazing people. Yeah, which we so did, good. it was incredible, and, um, it was in by the grace of God that we were both able to go because I think Steph, you were working in London that day. Yes. I happened to not be at work that day, so it was like a dash, and you're getting the last train back. It to was leave. so good. But we saw God, Jamelia, we met the muffins. Honestly, it was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing because we'd, we'd posted about the muffin sisters, and it was you know coming up to them, and obviously. They've got names, they're not the muffins, but just, saying, <laughs> but just remembering that and saying, to we stand on, but are you the muffin sisters? And like, kind of <laughs> same with Jamelia, though. I was like, oh my god, there's Jamelia, there's Jamelia, there's Jamelia. And Julia was like, stay cool. And I was like, hi, you're Jamelia. We like <laughs> <laughs> I had no game whatsoever. Yeah, I was like, can I get a photo, please? <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing though it was good to be in a room it's full of people that wanted change it was young and old so the demographic wasn't like quite stuffy yeah. dawn is welcoming she makes you feel like you've yeah. like you've known her for a long time so yeah. whether yeah. it's just her natural ability or whether she actually has the diligence and time actually to kind of really invest in who was there but she made everybody feel amazing yeah, she, did. she introduced her guests really well even when corbin was speaking as well you could tell like they have a like a they collaborate well. They've got a friendship, yeah. haven't they? Yeah. yeah. So the whole event was amazing. But again, that was all down to you and you yeah, worked with the platform for... again. It was amazing. Yeah. More of that stuff. And if there's a private jet going, honestly, <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy I'm ha I'll happily jump on board. <laughs> <laughs> so, Julie, do you want to hit with the uh, Melanie Magic question? Yeah, so this so if we, is... if we um, show, we're, we're going to ask our guests uh, the Melanie Magic question. And, and that is, what are your hopes and dreams for Black British culture in the next five to ten years? And do you have any insights on how we're going to get there? Wow. Um, I guess my hopes and dreams for the Black British culture in the next ten years is that we've seen some permanent change from <laughs> the most recent uh, reaction. If really, after George, like, essentially, my view is the only reason the world is paying attention now is because every other distraction has been taken away from yeah. them. Yeah. yeah, I agree. This is not new. This is not yeah. new. We've taken away everybody's toys and now they've had to concentrate on, on the work. So hopefully it continues and mm -hmm. it um, The company I work for, uh, who's a company who owns OK Magazine, we had a panel yesterday about places mm -hmm. within the company and how we can uh, represent black people better. And it's wow, that's powerful. Within the company, not just thinking within, UK, within your there are people from Manchester Evening News there, there are people from um, Daily Mirror, Daily Star, OK, New Magazine, all, all over. Fantastic. Wales Online uh, were part of it as well. Oh. They're also quite rich. Um, and I've had so many emails from senior management and the chief editors and the editors and everyone to say, well done taking part and asking advice on what we can do. And they're, and they're telling me there are already are plans in place to make changes. Fantastic. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully that happens. Um, and I can't remember what the, what the thing on Instagram's called now. Pull up or yeah, pull up. Yeah, pull up. Um, them demanding that 
businesses say how many black people are in their businesses, how many black wealth they have, and how many are in leadership positions. All Fantastic. of these, I'm hoping, are, are, are going to lead to lasting change, and that it won't become, it, you won't be surprised when you walk into an office and you see more than one of the black face in there. Yeah. yeah. I don't think anything super crazy radical is going to happen because uh, the, only way, the only way I think we'll get swift change is with a revolution and this country isn't, isn't ready for one. So mm. I think anything huge will happen, but those small incremental steps I think are going are to happen. Um, just in the media alone, though, well, I've been doing research for the last two weeks. There isn't, I mean, the media is essentially what controls the narrative for, yeah. for the country, right? And yet there's no black board set up um, to help black people who are within that industry. So wow. me, and, me and some mates have set up one now called Black British Media Society. Amazing. Uh, go to bbmshelp.com. It's a website um, where, yeah, we, we just ask you to sign up, share your details, uh, and we'll, we'll be your voice. Um, oh, fantastic. fantastic. Another exclusive. And, thanks, JJ. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. It is unreal. It's so, good that you use, it's so good that you use your platform and your experience as to create opportunity as well. You could, in essence, be like, oh, God, this happened again, and oh, the wave will pass. But you kind of think, no, let's actually keep the momentum and actually drive it forward, which is just you to a T, actually, I think. It's a meaningful <laughs> legacy, isn't it? And if, if, um, more people can be supported because a lot of it is support. I mean, before um, the the murder of George Floyd, I personally found out about an organisation called Black Women in Health and joined that. It's amazing, and it's been such an incredible support. And they've, you know, but it's having that support. So now you're putting in the building blocks to have that support for others within your industry, which is incredible. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you very much. So in terms of, I always say brand JJ, because I think there's so many strings to your bow. There's not yeah. just your current job title. It's like we say, you put your platform out and help other people. You, um, you're so progressive in how you think that you are always two steps, three steps, four steps ahead. If there is somebody, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be loads of people listening that are thinking, I want to stay in touch. How and where would people get in touch with brand JJ and also the types of media that you um, work on? Um. Mainly, I guess, Instagram, yeah, which is just my name, at JJ and this Yobi. My account is private, actually, but you can apply for friendship or whatever they call it, and um, I'll, I'll accept. Or if you just Google my name, JJ, yeah. it'll most likely bring up my OK magazine details mm-hmm. and emails. I'm on my emails 24 hours a day, pretty much. Oh, so God. Any, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> any questions, any queries, I'm happy to help. Email me. And I'll give you um, whatever advice is that I think I can, I can give. My experience is print and online, digital, yeah. but but digital as well. Like I really excel more so than, than print. Um, so yeah, uh, if if anyone, if anyone wants help, then yeah, holler at me. Because as I say, our, our network, it's my network is based on the people who've helped me previously. Mm-hmm. If we we have ties everywhere, if it's if someone needs help financially or, or to I don't know, learn how to balance their books or whatever, I can't personally do that because I'm terrible at math. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but both my sisters are accountants. Well, oh. one's, an, one's an investment banker, one's an accountant. So I can push you, I can ask them to help out or yeah. whatever. 
um, if you um, if you want to write a piece about I don't know the liberation of Africa African countries in in the 17th century, then that probably isn't an article for OK online because there's no celebrity angle. But certainly, I know the editor at the Metro might be interested. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know, so um, my network only works if everyone who I'm asking is willing to help. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, because stuff like this, Afro Leeds, my, my voice, no one's going to know the stuff I'm doing unless I'm getting into up to them in the street and saying, by the way, you don't know me, Black Opal X, Y, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. This stuff that you guys do, are doing is super important. Um, and all your oh. Women Crush Wednesdays and your Man Crush Wednesdays. <laughs> <laughs> and and there's, there's so many black businesses now that I follow and purchase from because yes. of Absolutely. Oh, oh that's made you. my day. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so we all have to keep on going. But thank you yeah. guys for, do, for doing this and starting this. It's, just, it's mad, really. I don't expect this, and it's, this is going to sound bad, but I don't expect this kind of dedication to the cause from two <laughs> black people from the north of England. <laughs> <laughs> How very dare you! <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a journey for us to go, yeah. hasn't it, Jay? Oh, yeah, we love it. And it's just, you know, you, but you, 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 Things that um, energise you don't feel like work or like we love it and we, we're learning more and, and and it's great to hear that we're bringing to your attention different brands because, you know, we're also learning and, and, and enjoying promoting spending within the Black Pound, but then also promoting people like you who are doing great things for the court, you know, quietly going away and going about business, dedicate for years. You haven't got to your position overnight you've made sacrifices but you're you, you you are where you are because of those and you're able to help others in, in the ways you've exemplified so and I'm sure you're going to do even more with the the start of this amazing society so we look forward to to seeing that blossom because I'm sure it will do thank you very much you are you are our man crush every day Jay. Yeah. <laughs> honestly we can't stop gushing about you you're awesome <laughs> And even today, like, I thought I knew loads and loads about you, but even like when we've gone through stuff, I just think, you know what? There's no coincidence as to why you are you are. Like every situation you're in, you really do turn it into something amazing or positive, or you get into good contacts. Or and there's loads of people that have jobs that potentially aren't right for them, or maybe are not the right timing, but won't have what you have when you come out of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you are. Yeah. People will listen and be massively inspired. So I'm yeah. so I'm just so honoured that you that you were able to dedicate some time today. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you. You're Eva. welcome. Again, thanks for doing this. You are welcome. Oh, we love it. So I think that's it for today. So we'll wrap up. But we want to send our thanks to JD for, for joining us. We are massively honoured. And, and to everybody for listening. Join us again next time. Bye. Bye.